everybody, and welcome back to Worst Take. Long time no see, but James and Cole, we are with you. We are still here, at least for the time being. And buckle up today, because we have got a big episode coming up. We are halfway through the year. The trade deadline has passed, and it is time to make some real hardcore predictions about who is bringing it home at NFL Honors this year. We got MVP, Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and of course, Coach of the Year. A lot of great contenders. We've seen a lot of great football, a lot of surprising teams, and a lot of disappointing teams. It's going to be a lot of chaos in this episode. We're going to start with our MVP, Cole. Who do you got? I got the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has been balling this season. This man should honestly have around three MVPs. He got kind of robbed the last two years. And I think the thing about Patrick Mahomes is he's so amazing. We've grown accustomed to his amazingness. We've grown so accustomed to his sidearm throws, his running around, scrambling, looking for everyone, his backyard bombs. And look, everyone said he would take a step down about Tyree Kill this season. But he's showing everyone he doesn't need Tyree Kill this season. He can make do with Juju Smith-Schuster as a second wide receiver. Who hasn't even I been mean, playing that Juju. great? Juju's basically Tyree Kill, though, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, I, yeah, no. no. <laughs> Patrick, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, right? I, Patrick I, Mahomes has what I like to call, if we go back a couple years ago to the Olympics, he has the Simone Biles effect on people, right? Now, if you remember, Simone Biles was so good at her events that they couldn't give her a 10 out of 10 because they had to have a They had to set a different standard for her than for everybody else because she was just so far ahead of the competition. And I feel like Patrick Mahomes is the same way, right? We see those sidearm throws. We see that balling the touchdown. And we just think that's classic Patrick Mahomes because his first year in the league, his first year as a starter, he was the MVP. We've seen nothing but absolute gold from this guy 24-7. That being said, there's still some of that Patrick Mahomes bias, right? And I don't see Patrick Mahomes improving. I just see him staying at that excellent level, which is why I can't give Patrick Mahomes my MVP. He's been amazing, but I'm used to him being amazing. The person who has wowed me the most, Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. I know he was an MVP front runner coming into the year after what we saw uh, end of the season and in the playoffs. And he's done nothing to disprove that. He's only shown himself to be better. He's been just as good of a passer as Mahomes, but he has that ground threat and that extra aggression that Mahomes has, but not quite at the same level. Also, the Bills did beat the Chiefs. They got their revenge earlier in the year. That's why I'm going to have to give it to my boy from Wyoming and from Fireball, California, Josh Allen. Well, I like Josh Allen as well. I'm not going to knock you for this pick, but I just want to say that, you know, against the Packers, he threw a lot of, he made some, he made some very questionable decisions. He threw a couple of picks that he really should not have thrown. So I'm just curious, you know, if this will be a trend, because I mean, even against the Chiefs, yes, they won. Yes, Mahomes proved that he was the top dog, but he still made a couple of bad throws here and there. He made his, it was the defense crunched up on him a lot more than people thought it would. I'm just curious if he could keep up this pace the rest of the year. I think they'll, I'm not going to argue too much. He is a front runner. He's probably my number two or number three, right next to Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. It is a good point though, because uh, what we saw 
two years ago in 2020, right? Mahomes was fresh off the Super Bowl. The Chiefs went 14 and two. And that second loss was, you know, resting their starters uh, at the end of the year. So they were, you know, he was 14 and one as a starter that year. And he was playing just like Josh Allen, lights out, balling out, blah, 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 blah. However, that, you know, those last five, six games of the year, yeah. we saw him making a few more mistakes, you know, and, and subsequently he actually lost that MVP spot to uh, Aaron Rodgers. And one yes. of the, one of the two, one of the three biggest robberies in MVP history, the other two, of course, Rodgers in 2021, won it over cup Rodgers in 2014, who did not deserve that win over JJ Watt. Well, but- that's, that's a, diff- that's a different, different story. I think 2014, J.J. Watt deserved it. I don't think we argue Absolutely. that. 2020, Absolutely. I think he did deserve it. 2021, I don't think he deserved it. Right, right. But let's continue. No. Let's continue. On to Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going to choose a non-quarterback here because, you know, that's kind of the trend that we're going in. Yes. I'm going to say, and I know it's kind of a boring pick because we've seen a lot of emerging stars, right, with guys like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. And, you know, even DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, who knows if that guy hadn't been suspended the first half of the year, what he would, what he, you know, what kind of awards he'd be winning. But I'm going to go with the guy who just continues to carry his team on the back. He has a top five quarterback on his offense who doesn't even need to throw the ball for more than 150 yards a game because of this guy. I am talking about the stiff arm man, the king, the man who single-handedly destroyed Earl Thomas's career, Derrick Henry. That dude, he may have one or two bad games at the beginning of the year. This guy knows how to rebound. He rushes for over 200 yards a couple weeks ago against the Houston Texans. He can do it all. He is just, he is just unstoppable. He carries that team on his back. He is something else. I'm going to have to give it to my boy, Derrick Henry. I mean, if your top five quarterback is getting benched for Malik Willis, then benched? I'm not sure. He's not getting benched for Malik Willis. I mean, oh, like he's Matt hurt. Ryan didn't he's get hurt. benched, right? He's yes, hurt. Yes, he's hurt. Malik like Willis attempted like 10 hurt. passes a game. He's clearly ah, not the starter. Exactly. Clearly. That's my point. He attempted 10 passes. Derrick Henry's stats are so inflated. He is the most overrated running back we've seen in a while. What? And I'm not even, okay. And I can Year I, after I, year, he's the best running back in the league. I, I believe I believe it was 2020, I think was probably his best argument that you could say that he was the top running back of the year because he was legitimately kind of scary that year. But time and time again, scary. this guy is, shows that in the playoffs, in the big moments, he's a nothing but a stat patter oh nothing but a stat pattern um who when did he end earl thomas's career huh what was that one play is obj the greatest wide receiver of all time i mean it was in the playoffs i don't even think derrick henry is the best running back this season i would take nick chubb over him in a heartbeat that's a guy with inflated stats because he doesn't have because they don't have as good quarterbacks Ryan Tannehill is perfectly capable of throwing for 50 passes and 400 yards a game. The no, reason he's not. he's not, the reason he's not is because Henry is just that good. It's not because Tannehill is bad. Henry, it doesn't matter if Patrick Mahomes were throwing the ball, he would only be attempting 10 passes a game because you know of how Aaron. you know how good Tannehill is? You can replace him with a third round rookie and the offense no, still looks no. the same. <laughs> not at so, all. Not at all. Here's my actual offensive player of the year. I got Cooper Cup. 
Oh, now please. the Rams. Let's be real here. I mean, the Rams. Can blame the- Stafford is garbage. The no, Rams. They no. had they had that one Super Bowl win, but in hindsight, if you're going for the next five years, you should have kept Jared Goff, and that's what no. this season is proving. No, I mean, Cooper Cup is is nothing but you know the guy that Stafford throws to because he can't throw to anybody else. Well. I mean, first of all, he does not have time to throw to anyone else. I think the Rams' O-line is horrible. I think even you have to agree with that. And quarterbacks like Stafford, Rodgers, and Brady, they need good O-lines. That's just a fact. But regardless, Cooper Cup has been carrying this team up on his back. You cannot tell me this man is balling out hard. He's almost putting up the same numbers from last season. He's averaging almost 98 yards per game. I mean, you're telling me that's not impressive? This guy is easily the best and most consistent. That's the key here. Der- Derrick Henry but does is he not- have that big play? But does he have that Cooper big Cup, play? Cooper Cup had plenty of those big plays in the playoffs. Hey, Last look, I'm year, those, not this year. Those big, look, when it comes down to getting, whenever the Rams need a touchdown, they just have to look at Cup and Cup will get them a touchdown. That's all they need. He has too many big plays. Too many. Oh, please. Look. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, even Justin Jefferson. Jefferson's on my fantasy team. I watch his games every single week. They're not consistent. Cooper Cup is consistent, and he's consistently great. He's my offensive player. He's consistently good, but not great. He's consistently great, great, but he's not consistently next level wowing everybody, right? And and I'm also going to point out the man who has started to come alive in the LA Rams offense, your wide receiver number two, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is starting to take away some of that target share. Cup stats have become dropping. That could be a trend that we see. Derrick Henry's stats, on the other hand, are only going up. Now, they will drop again once Tannehill comes back into the fold, but I'm still seeing more impressive by Derrick Henry than by Cooper Cup. But I digress. I digress because we could talk about this all day. Defensive player of the year. Who do you got? It better not be anybody, you know, named Mika Fitzpatrick or TJ Watt or Trayvon Diggs. Well, you know, I don't believe in TJ Watt. You know that? I I mean, I think he's a very good player. I just don't think that he's great. I actually I think that I actually have the player that I, one of the two players I thought was defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons. Oh, You know, I hate the Cowboys. You know, I hate the Cowboys. I'm a Washington fan. They're a rivalry. But this man is scary, man. This man, whenever he steps on the field, I want to run away. Man, I'm thank God Taylor Heineke is playing right now because Heineke at least can run. Oh, if Carson gosh. Wentz was in the pockets against Michael Parsons, he was just getting sacked every single time. Parsons is a scary, scary man. And I said this from last year, and you know, we talked about it with Ben, and he didn't he didn't believe me that I thought when they said Michael Parsons better than TJ Watt. Look, he's scary. He's my defensive player of the year this year. And look, he was great last year as a rookie, but you can really tell he has elevated his game to the next level. He is carrying this Cowboys defense. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clown on you for this because Micah Parsons is top two, is a top two defensive player of the year. But I, I wanna I wanna I wanna make that proverbial shift, right? Away from the linebackers and the defensive linemen, which we have been obsessing over for you know the last two years. I'm going to go back to 2019, right? Now, do you remember who won Defensive Player of the Year in 2019? Stefan Gilmore, the Uh, corner. And this is the year of the cornerback. This is a guy who has had a breakout season after he was traded over from the New Orleans Saints 
Yeah. Also, also a guy in the NFC East. So I, you know, I don't like him anymore, especially, and I don't like that team after the double doink. But yeah. CJ Gardner Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles already has like what six interceptions halfway through the season. I mean, this guy is balling out. He has become much more of a lockdown corner as we've seen overrated guys like Jalen Ramsey totally fade. Oh well, corner, right. I love Jalen Gardner. CJ Gardner Johnson is Jalen is better than prime Jalen Ramsey. No, no. Jalen Ramsey was part of that 2017 Saxonville unit, right? Which included AJ Boye and Yannick Nagakwe and all sorts of studs on that team. And he was one of the many. And then Jalen Ramsey is best known for talking a lot of trash and then getting torched. And that's what he's been doing. He got it. We saw just in week one from Stefan Diggs. Jalen Ramsey is so overrated. CJ Gardner Johnson, on the other hand, he can back it up when he talks about trash. He can he knows when to make those big plays. And I don't see him get torched, right? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, he's like Trayvon Diggs, right? Oh, I got four interceptions this season. I got six interceptions or seven interceptions this season. You know why? Because you were targeted on 85% of the snaps. Because you got torched. Of course, you're going to get a couple of interceptions where they're throwing it at you constantly. They're throwing it. They're not trying to throw it to CJ Gardner Johnson. And he's the one making the big plays. That is why he is my defensive player of the year. I'm tired of these overinflated names being thrown out like Micah Parsons and Aaron Donald and even the vastly overrated TJ Watt. It is C.J. Garner-Johnson's time. So, so here's the thing. Uh, first of all, the Jalen Ramsey debate is one we're going to have another time. But I think Jalen Ramsey is by far the best corner in the league whenever he feels That like. is disgusting. He, whenever he wants to, disgusting. he can just turn it he's on. Maybe and, top 10. Maybe top 10. No. He's number one. And it's not even close. Gosh. Like It's 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 like the difference Overrated. between Aaron Donald Overrated. and the next best D-line. But that's a different discussion for another time. I think that the problem with your pick is I just don't see a cornerback winning this award unless they are lights out amazing. And here's the thing, and and here's the thing, though. Wait, here's the thing. I I agree that I think that Diggs is overrated, but you cannot deny that his ability to get picks is something that is a huge morale boost and a huge highlight reel effect. A lot of the people in the media really like to see Trayvon Diggs' pick pick catching, catching picks. Now, I'm not saying that I think he's not overrated. I think he is. But I think that, see, Gardner Johnson, he's lucky to be on the Eagles defense, which is so low. Did you talk about Jalen Ramsey on Saxonville? The Eagles defense might even be better than Saxonville. I mean, who you got on the other side? You got Darius Slay, another one of the top cornerbacks. They just traded for Robert Quinn, one of your boys. They, they have, they got, they got TJ Edwards. They got, they got positions. They got stars everywhere as Fletcher well. Yeah. Fletcher Cox. So look, I'm not saying that CJ Gardner Johnson is a bad player. No, I think he's a very good player. I think he's a top three, top five cornerback in the NFL. I just don't, first of all, I don't see this award going to a cornerback. That's just not the league that we're in right now. They just don't make a lot of highlight plays unless you're a, Tra- a Trayvon Diggs. And I just think that overall, I don't, I think he's very good, but I don't know if this, he can keep up with this. Uh, continued um, stats and discontinued uh, performance. But we'll see about that. I, I, I think that he's benefited from a good defense, and I think he's a little bit inflated. So is Micah Parsons, though. I mean, you know, you got Dan Quinn in one of the best defense defensive minds in the good. league. Yes, it is. The I, Cowboys' defense? 
I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think that I think that they look that good because he is Michael Parsons is single handedly carrying that. Do you remember what was I think it was what twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? The year when the Cowboys had Ben DiNucci starting quarterback, where their defense when when Dak Prescott got season ending injury, yeah. their defense looked abysmal. They drafted Michael Parsons in, in the first in the first round, and he single handedly. They also hired Dan Quinn. They also hired Dan That's Quinn, who who was also the defensive coordinator during the Legion of Boom days in Seattle, and the head That's coach true. for the Falcons during their Super Bowl run. I mean, he's a very he's a very good coach for sure. Regardless, 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 yes. regardless. Moving on, this is this is going to be probably my favorite award of the year, and I think I think there's maybe like one or two other votes we could go to, but I think this might be the most unanimous comeback player of the year since Alex Smith in 2020. I am going to go with the guy who's also probably my number three MVP candidate after Allen and Mahomes. I'm going with the guy who has transformed the expectations from one of the worst to one of the, you know, pretty good team in the league. Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, come on. This is such an amazing story. The dude has been a backup for 10 years. He comes in, and he was almost backing up to Drew Luck. There were zero expectations whatsoever, and he has made the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson look like absolute fools. And you know what? He's beaten the Giants. He's beaten the Cardinals. He's beaten the Broncos. He's beaten teams that were supposed to be really good or, in the Giants' case, have exceeded expectations. So look, I mean, he he is playing elite level football. He's not turning the ball over. He has an amazing football IQ. And he has been amazing for that morale and that locker room, right? He has been the guy. You had DK Metcalf. You had Tyler Lockett. You had your other good players, you know, last year. But it's been Geno Smith who's been the one who's come in and single-handedly elevated this team to probably win the NFC West, you know, barring uh, – you know, San Francisco or comeback from Arizona or LA. I mean, oh, how, how I mean, is there a better story in the league than Gino Okay, uh, I mean, I'm not going to deny that Gino has been impressive. I think he's a lot better than we all expected him to be. But he had some, and he had some pretty impressive games. The shootout against Detroit was very impressive. But the last couple of games... He hasn't been that impressive to me. 212 yards. The game before that against the Chargers, 210 yards. The game before that against Arizona, 197 yards. You know, a QB in this but pass, he takes high care passing. Of the ball. Uh, he's, and they I have mean, a good yeah, rushing look, so game. They have a good, what are you talking about? They have an amazing rushing game. That's what I said. They do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, they, ha- they have an amazing rushing game, which I think is allows him to play to his strengths. You know, he's a, he can run the ball more. He doesn't have to play hero ball like he used in the past. I, I agree he's taking care of the ball pretty well. But I want to talk about a quarterback that's my comeback player of the year that's taking care of the ball much better. And I think he's actually been a, much, a, a dual threat quarterback that we all expect him to be. Marcus Mariota. Oh my gosh. Mariota has been balling this season. Not he has been really. A, he's Not been a really. dual threat quarterback. Yes, he absolutely has been. He's been a dual threat quarterback. He can get he can run the ball and he can pass the ball. He does not make any back-breaking interceptions. Hey, and look, sometimes. and look, I think this guy is really, really talented. I think that we both of us have the same um, philosophy that a quarterback, if you have the right offensive system, a decent offensive line and good receivers, any quarterback can succeed. 
Right. I, we both believe that, and right. we both I also agree. believe that Mariota did not have the right chance in Tennessee. No. I think that's absolutely correct. This is a ch- this is a show of proof that a quarterback that everyone gave up on. Mariota was on the bench for the Raiders. But so was Geno that, Smith. I mean, yeah, like, but, and this dates back even further. But Mariota has been playing at a borderline Pro Bowl level. I don't think Geno Smith has been. Play- I think Geno Smith has been playing at a borderline MVP level. I think Mariota can just do so much more. I think he can throw know. deeper more. I think he can use his legs more. I mean, you could say make the argument that you know. Uh, Geno Smith is taking care of the ball better, but hey, it's not like Mariota's playing hero ball every other game. He's been taking care of the ball really well as well. So I think that Mariota, I mean, he's really trying to get his offensive into the system. Even, look, Kyle Pitts was having a bad season. He's starting to bring in Kyle Pitts back into the system. You know, look, they have injuries all around. Cordero Patterson got injured as well. And look, he's revitalizing this offense. I think Mariota has been a great leader. I think he's been a great comeback player. I think that this guy, he's showing everyone that he's at least a starting player in the NFL. Look, look, I i love Mariota. And you're not wrong at all. I agree with you. But I just think Gino has done what Mariota has done, but on a greater scale. And if you want to talk about the Seahawks being rush dependent, I mean, look at the Falcons. And the Falcons, I mean, they got wrecked by the Bengals. They were down by 10 or more points for 50 minutes of that game. And still, they only attempted 13 passes, right? They they can't game plan around Mariota the same way that the Seahawks can game plan around Geno Smith. And look, the the only argument I could give you is that Mariota beat Geno earlier in the season in Seattle. And I'll give him credit. But look, the Seahawks are in a better position to make the playoffs right now than the Falcons. Both of these guys I do think we'll see in the playoffs come January because they are at the heads of their divisions. You know, Seahawks may be a wild card because I yes, do think San Francisco Seahawks, will overtake I'm not that sure. division. Yeah, but the Seahawks, Fal- I'm not sure. I think the Rams. That works. that would be my only my only thing I can give you is if Mariota and the Falcons are in the playoffs and the Seahawks aren't, and if Mariota and the Falcons win, if they can win a playoff game and get themselves to the divisional round, I might. I know it's supposed to be on the regular season, but let's face it, it's never just on the regular yeah, season. Mariota. I, I love him, but I think Gino's just doing what Mariota's doing and more. He's just a bigger version, right? Mariota, yeah, he was a given well, up Mariota for the last four years. Gino Smith was like that for 10. Okay, fair enough. I'm not, I think that Gino Smith, a little bit overrated. I think Mariota has been more impressive to me just because of how much he opens up the offense with his legs, especially as well. But he is a better fair. dual threat. I'll, I'll, Definitely. I'll. There's no doubt about that. I think, and. I think that Mariota is also throwing a lot less than Chino Smith, for better or for worse. All righty. And last but not least, the coach of the year. We're going to run out of time for offensive and defensive rookies, unfortunately, but we will get to that. No worries. Coach of the year. A lot of great coaches this year. A lot of guys who have transformed their franchises and a lot of disappointing coaches on the other side. I'm looking at you, Matt LaFleur, Todd Bowles, Zach Taylor, Nathaniel Hackett. But the coach of the year, it was tough, right? It was down to two guys, and one of them is Matt Eberflus, and the other one is Brian DeBull. But I'm going to have to give it to Brian DeBull. (laughs) I thought the Giants were going to be the worst team in the league. I thought it was undisputed. I thought if there's one team that doesn't have hope coming into this year, it's the New York Giants. 
And then they beat the Titans week one. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, the Titans are so bad. And then they just keep winning. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Bears. They've beaten beaten everybody left and right. Okay? They beat the Packers. They beat the Panthers. They're doing everything. They have transformed from a poverty franchise to a good franchise without really adding very many new players, right? I mean, everyone had given up on Daniel Jones. I'd certainly given up on Saquon Barkley. I, I mean, I didn't think James Bradbury or anyone on that defense was all that special. And yet the Giants have taken, Brian DeBoer has taken uh, the same roster and transformed them from a terrible team to a pretty good team who has proven themselves with some big-time wins. I certainly think that barring a disaster, we're going to see the Giants in the playoffs as the number five or the number six seed in that conference with a huge threat to win a playoff game, right? Because right now your number three and your number four are going to be probably most likely a team from the NFC West and the NFC South. He's, he's transformed that team. I've got to give credit to him. An amazing job. My coach of the year pick. So one of our alumni, me and James and William and Mary, for those of of you who don't know, one of our alumni is considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. Right. I personally think he is the second best coach of all time from William Mary, and that's Mike Tomlin. My coach of the year pick is not Mike Tomlin, the overrated. It is Sean McDermott, the greatest William and Mary coach of all time. The greatest player to come from William and Mary of all time. McDermott has been coaching this team like nobody else has. He's been opening up so much in the offense. He's been so much for Josh Allen's passing game. And that defense, that's a very good defense. Oh, yeah. That's a very, very that's that might be the best defense in the league. That's a very and the good best defense. Offense, so. And one of the best offenses in the league. And look, it's not just Diggs. It's not just Diggs. They got McKenzie. They got a lot of guys. Gabriel they Davis. Got Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis looking like a legit wide receiver one. That's Dawson Knox. This guy. Yeah. Dawson Knox is absolutely balling as well. Even Singletary's playing well. And Singletary is playing well as well. And they, they just got some more running backs uh, during this trade. Yeah. Naheem Hines, exactly. So I think that McDermott, I think that this is his year. They've only lost one game, and that game was borderline a fluke to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, that, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of things that, were, that had to go wrong for the Bills to lose that game. Other than that, they'd be undefeated. I'm not happy to McDermott. I think that he's been coaching an amazing Bills team, and he honestly could have deserved the last year. I mean, I can't argue. I can't argue with you on that one because, again, McDermott has been so amazing. And it's high time that he has won uh, a Coach of the Year award, really, Uh, because since – since he came in, um, really, you know, he's transformed the Bills from the 2018 Bills. In 2019 on, we've seen uh, one of the top teams in the league. You know, I think it will be dependent again on their performance in the playoffs, right? If they're still here come time, uh, you know, Super Bowl, I think I think he's a lock. Brian DeBall, we'll see you get some further in the playoffs. We will see you all next time on Worst Take. <laughs> Thank you.